online Bible school, but also here with us tonight as we continue to deal with the lesson on, we're dealing with the book of Romans, but in the book of Romans, we're taking uh, taking apart uh, verses 20, uh, 18 through 21, whereas the first two chapters of the book of Romans is to teach us that how God is no respect of person or how one becomes a reprobate mindset. And a lot of time, most of the time, when we think about the word reprobate, put that up there, Casey, uh, uh, Romans one twenty eight. Uh, the word reprobate, again, means one that doesn't, that stop discerning. Uh, one that's conscious has been seared. You know what I mean by seared? I mean it, nothing bothers you. You know, you have no conscious, you know, of doing what you're doing. You live life uh, in the fullest in darkness. Why? Because you, there's no more conviction. And that's a terrible place to get. I don't think many people can get there. I know they can. And I know people that, are, that, could, that could get there. But here's the shocking part about this. In this verse of scripture where it says, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. Think about that. There have to be someone knowing him. There have to be someone fellowship with him. You see what it says? Even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. Again, a reprobate mind where there is no more discerning, there is no more conviction of right or wrong. You live your life in the fullness of right now, regardless of who likes it, who cares, and etc. Sometimes we make statements that, well, it's my life, I live like I want, it's my business. But deep down inside, that person is convicted of the thing that they said. That's not, that person is not a reprobate. A reprobate, a person that is reprobate-minded has no conscience of feeling of wrong at all. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? No conscience of it. And they're not bothered by it. Okay? They're not moved by it. And it's just, and just, just to say, you know, well, if there is a God, well, guess what? He shouldn't be letting all that go on and whatnot. Then just, you know, just leave me be. Now, you wouldn't think that people will speak in that manner, but they do. They believe like that. Are you following what I'm saying? And so here, Paul is making this statement here. He said, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are what? Not convenient. Not convenient. And see, the Jews were, the Jews were really bad at this because they wanted to put a Gentile nation or Gentile people in sort of like uh, you know, which people use this word today in a timeout sense and thinking that they were more than Gentile. And Paul used it, uh, Romans chapter 2, which is that we went through all the way down to almost, you know, to the end of the chapter. He's just going to show you that the most important part in that verse is that God is no respect of person. Are you following what I'm saying? And then in verse 4 of Romans chapter 2, verse 4 or 5, put that up, Casey, in Romans chapter 2. And I think verse 4 where it says, God is not a, for it's the goodness of God that leadeth men to repentance. 
Or despises thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering? Not knowing, not knowing that what? The goodness of God, what? Leaded thee to repentance. So that means people may be living life in a vile way. They may be living life uh, out of control uh, and what you and I may see. But, you know, as long as they're living and you say, how can they live? How can they keep doing what they're doing and everything? They wake up every day like nothing never happened because it's the goodness of God. Giving them an opportunity to repent. That's how you have to look at society. Sometimes as walk as it is, as off as it is, it's the goodness of God that causes them to rise every day so that they may come to know him. But guess what? They can't see God. But they can see God through you and I. So we're not on the earth to slander nobody. We're not on the earth to be the judge of anyone. We're on the earth to show forth the love and the compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ who gave us all eternal life. So our lives supposed to be in a manner whereas it put them in a position that they want what we have. Okay? Not because you say I'm a Christian, but because of how you display yourself in your attitude, how you speak. Is that right? And etc. Okay? Now, let's look at this for a moment. Go back to verse 20. I think it in, ver- in Romans 1 where it says, uh, when they knew God, they glorify him not as God. Number one. <clears throat> Number two, we talked about these two things and they were unthankful. So in order for me to get to the place about talking about the power of your imagination, which is what we're talking about, the imagination become vain. Their imagination become vain and their foolish heart is darkened. The only way that these two things can happen is the first two are not honored. They're not honoring God. Whereas it said, <clears throat> when they knew God, they glorified him not. In other words, to, to glorify God means to put God above all as supreme. To value God to highly esteem him above all. Now, what does that mean? No matter what's going on in your life, no matter what has happened, you can, when you begin to put value or highly esteem God as supreme over your circumstances, over your condition, if I'm going to be helped, God is the way out. Can y'all see that? I may not have the answer right now. I may not even know how he gonna, you know, how he gonna lead me, but because I hold him highly, you follow what I'm saying? I esteem him highly, then guess what? My trust is in him. Can you see that? that what are you doing? You're magnifying God over your problem. You're magnifying God over your lack, right? You're magnifying God over the report that you got in your physical body or about a loved one. When you do that, you just empower the Holy Spirit to work on your behalf. 
Oh, you understand what I'm saying? Unsaved people can't do that. So when we talk about reprobate mind, we talk about people that knew God but didn't want to retain him in their knowledge. And the reason why they don't want to retain him in their knowledge because something didn't go right. Something didn't go their way. And so it's God's fault. Or it's the church's fault. Are y'all following what I'm saying? And so they do everything they can to do what? To walk away, walk away. And they keep doing things in a more vile, vile way. Why? Because that's, that's them acting out. Okay? And so uh, people get to that place, but this is where, why I want to talk, take two weeks and talk about the power of your imagination because in order for your imagination to become vain, number one, you have to stop glorifying God. You have to stop honoring him. You got to stop putting value up on him. Number two, you have to become unthankful. And when we think about the word thankfulness, you have to remember, you, you have to take time and reflect to be thankful. Are you following what I'm saying? Uh, Psalm 103, uh, verse, put that up, Casey. Let's go, uh, Psalm 103, look at verse 2. And it said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not. See, forget not what? All his benefits, see? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and what? Forget not. Why did it tell you forget not his benefit? Because why? It's possible that you and I can forget. Because you get, you know, you're hurt. Hmm? And if you get around the wrong people to pet that hurt, then guess what? You're going you're gonna to forget what God has always done for you. You let that one thing that stand out Run your life. Hmm? I'm not going back to church no more. I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to serve God in my own way. And I discover anyway, there are many ways to serve God. And there, there are many ways of talking to God. Well, you got people like that that's out here. Okay. So why am I taking my time going through? Because there are more people listening to these podcasts than, than what you know. Okay? And so here, he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefit. Go to the next verse. Let me show you something the Lord, I mean, just sat down upon me the other day. And I can't get away from it. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemed thy life from destruction, and this is the part when I got to this verse of scripture in my timer, who crowned thee with loving kindness and tender mercy. Think about the word, he crowned you. You know, when someone is crowned, because you won something, right? Maybe you got a new position, right? Maybe you won something, and you got crowned. God crowned you and I 
with his loving kindness and tender mercy. Why? Because what he did, he forgave me of my sins. He healed my body of all sickness and disease. Not only did he heal, but I can keep it away. And then they say, he redeemed my life from destruction. That means from an early grave. Think about how your life has been, you, you know, you've been some, in some situation, you don't know how close, a death, how close to death you were. And you're here tonight because what? The grace, the mercy of God. God crowns you with his loving kindness and tender mercy. I want you to just meditate on that, that I've been crowned with God's love, with God's tender mercy. Hmm, that do something for me. Because I know that I'm crowned with his love and his tender mercies. Then guess what? I'm not afraid that my body can get attacked because guess what? He loves me. He redeemed my life from destruction. He wants me to confess this, these words so that I can keep sickness, I can keep disease, I can keep arthritis, I can keep any type of whatever off my body, out of my finances, right? Out of my marriage, out of my family. Why? Because he redeemed my life from destruction. Now, we're talking about the power of imagination, so it's like, what are you seeing? Now you have the choice to see what the Word says, or you can look at whatever genes you have you, that you came out of and say, well, in my gene, it's just in my gene that, you know, we're big people, we overweight, we love to eat, uh, we're just big people, we love, you know, everybody got diabetes, everybody got this or that, you know, I'm going to die with this. And No, no, you can't say that no more. You may be born of that family, but now you are of a new family. You got a new generation. Don't you know your cells are generated? My cells are, are being regenerated because I say my life has been redeemed from destruction. He crowned me with his loving kind. My cells are being generated, regenerated with life. Amen. Can y'all see that? Oh, man, I tell you what. Boy, I can get a benediction. I can go to the house right now. I'm telling you what, I don't know about y'all, but that did something for me. My life has been crowned with his loving kindness and tender mercy. Your life has been crowned. I mean, even Paige's little dog, his life been crowned. <laughs> All right, here we go. Okay, go with me over here to Isaiah 26. Let's open up over there. Isaiah 26 and look at verse 3. It says, Thy will keep him, keep me in perfect peace. Whose mind is what? Stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. Now notice what he said. He will keep him in perfect peace because what? His mind is where? It stays on him. So now think about that. He, thou will keep him in what type of peace? Perfect. So therefore, no matter what you're doing at work during the course of the day, whatever negative report you got, guess what? If I keep my mind on him, I will live in perfect peace. Some people say, well, I can't be listening to the word all day in my ear, or I can't be reading the Bible all day. But guess what? You can worry all day while you work. 
Hmm? Whatever negative report you got that day, wh- while you're working, you may be weary, you may be worried, you may be, in, but you're still working. Well, that's faith in the negative. So why not use that energy to have faith in God's word? Let the word rule and reign in your heart. Hmm? The word here, notice it, the word mine is a Hebrew word, which is the word called yeter. And that word means imagination, I eating, it has the mean of conception. So you're conceiving, you're conceived, you're conceiving, your mind is used to conceive words or thoughts. That's why I said, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind stays on thee because he what? He trusts in thee. But if I don't trust in him, then guess what? My mind can be on something else. Watch this. Put this up, Casey. Uh, Romans chapter 8 and look at verse 6. Romans 8 and look at verse 6. It says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. You see that? To, for to be what? Carnally minded. Go back, go back, go, go back. We're going to get there. For to be carnally minded is what? It's death. In other words, if you just stay, carnal just don't mean living in sin. Carnal just means you stay, you're just thinking in the natural. You're not allowing your imagination, you're you're not speaking word that will give your imagination a new perceptive, a new perspective. You're speaking words that, that coincide with your feeling or that coincide with your condition. And the more you speak words that coincides with your condition, then your imagination is giving you a picture, is giving you an image of failure, of doom, or whatever. Why? Words are like spiritual containers. Your words is what feeding is giving you that identity. You can't see words. I mean, we see words, but you don't see words. You see picture. Right? That's the same thing. I mean, look, no matter what, you buy a new TV. What is he? What, what, do you, what do you see on the box? You see a picture of it, right? Of what you're expressing it in words, but what are you doing? The words giving off the imagery of what TV or what type of TV that is that you're looking for. You don't see words on the box at all, but you're not looking for words. You're looking for what the image of what they said that TV can do. <clears throat> well, it's the same thing here. Look, look at the next verse. Go to the next verse, case. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. So if you don't renew your mind, that's why we take time. That's why we're here tonight. We're here tonight to do what? To renew our mind. See, if you don't take time to renew your mind with the word of God, then guess what? It's enmity against God. Remember I showed you in Genesis chapter 3 where the enemy told told Eve, for God does know in the day that you eat, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. God never intended for us to know evil. God intended for us to only know him. Are you understanding what I'm saying? 
So notice this. He said, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. In other words, it's not going to think in the light of the, of the word of God. Right? It's not going to think in the light of it. So therefore, you're going to have to, on, on purpose, put the word of God before your eyes so that you can read it, you can confess it with your lips, so that it can begin to give you a different perspective of yourself, of the outcome of your life. Or whatever that is God has called you to. Notice this. For it is not subject. See, your carnal mind is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. Whoa. That's why people think carnal. That's why people always think to live in the flesh. Because they've been blinded. Watch this. Go to... Uh, Ephesians chapter 4. Let's see, is it Ephesians? Yeah, Ephesians 4. And let's look here at verse 17. And let's put this in the, uh, I think let's do these scriptures in the NLT. Ephesians 4. It says, with the Lord, is that right? Let's see. Yeah. With the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do. For they are, what? Hopeless and what? That's when you're without the Lord. That's a natural-minded person. Hmm? Can you see it? Paul said, with the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as the Gentile. This is the reason why we as believers, we practice putting on Christ, meaning we practice putting on that anointing every day or allowing it to display itself in our life every day. Like our clothes, the clothes I got on, what is it doing? It's closing my nakedness, Right? Well, guess what? You are allowing the life of, new, of the new identity that you have. No one can see it. But we can wear it through our attitude, right? Through the way we behave, the way we think, you know, what we hang out at, what we do. What are we doing? We're wearing our identity, We're, when people hear us speak, they hear us. They don't hear us, you know, using foul language. They don't hear us, you know, uh, damning, jamming, whamming, everything. No. Y'all know what I mean by that. Huh? That's all right. You get the, get the, get the, get the. Are y'all understand what I'm saying? Even my daughter, I know she understands. She said, uh, uh, I know she understands. She wants me to say it again. That's what she wants, yeah, but I'm not. No, no, this. So, with the, with the Lord's authority, I say this live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are what? Hopeless and confused. Now, watch it, verse 18. Their minds are what? Full of darkness. We're talking about your imagination. How did their mind get full of darkness? Because they were you know what? They've been thinking on it. 
They've been feeding on it. I mean, look, all of us got these little things. They could be a blessing and they could be at a disadvantage. Because if you start, you can use this for, for good and you can use this for evil. It'll bring up, I don't care how many devils you cast out, how many people you raise from the dead, you go to that website on the dark side, that thing will pull up. It won't say, nope, I can't pull that up because this is a Christian phone. This is a man of God who has cast out many devils, raised many from the dead. I will not do it. <laughs> it, won't, it won't do that. Are y'all following what I'm saying? No. You and I have to be the one. You have to always remember we're the subject. And on purpose, you have to be the one. You have to be the one to say no and understand why you are saying no. Understand why you don't watch certain things. You don't participate. You don't flirt with certain things on the web. You don't, you don't flirt with certain people and etc. You don't want to get yourself in trouble. Amen? Yeah. He said, their minds are what? Full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have what? What they done? What did they do? Come on, talk to me. I was about to say, well, what did they do? God day, what did they do? They what? Close their mind, right? And what? Harden their heart where? Against him. Or you can say against the truth. You don't get there overnight. But you get there by being, by, by not being uh, thankful and not highly esteeming or glorifying God. I'm telling you, this is, a, this, this is how a vain or reprobate mind becomes. This is how you get there. Next verse, Casey. They have no nonsense of shame. Whoa. Huh? Is there, did I read that right? They have no sense of shame. None. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. Hmm? But that's not, I mean, but that isn't what you learn about Christ. What is he doing? He's trying to show you that's how the world lives. But guess what? He said, now, but that isn't you. That isn't what you learned about Christ. That's why people say, you know, well, I'm in grace. Then they still they think they can live in pure. They think they can still live like this. They can still live like that. No, you're not in grace. You got to ask yourself, did you truly get converted? Did it take place? Because when you get, notice this, when, when Christ, when the spirit of the living God gets on the inside of you, something happened. It's not something a man did. The Holy Spirit carved out that nature of death, that nature of the devil. It was carved out, and you were engrafted with the new life, the new nature of God, God himself. 
So how could you say? How could you continue to live? How could you continue to speak in the same manner and not be bothered? No way. If you're not bothered, you're not moved, either you didn't get born again or you just been, you've been kidding yourself. Your heart has gotten so hardened, you have gotten so far off, and that you've just bec- you may have become reprobated. But it's hard for a person to do that again, like I say. Because you have to have tasted the goodness of God. You have to have known how you have tasted the goodness of God. And sad to say, to their benefit, not many believers know really the goodness of God. Don't really know the true power of God. So it's hard for most believers today to say, I, you know, uh, I got to reprobate mine or, you know, I blaspheme against the Holy Ghost. They don't know. They don't know the first thing about it. What it is, you just got an unrenewed mindset. Your heart became hardened. See, the verses that we were talking about prior to this is about unbelievers. But also believers' heart can become the same way. But let's look at these next few verses. He said, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned what? The truth that comes from him. Notice what he said. Since you have what? What's the first thing? How does faith come? By hearing. And hearing. And hearing. And hearing. Until understanding comes. Right? Glory to God. Drink it all now. So notice this. <laughs> so faith come by what? Hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it until what? Until faith come. It's through the confession of your mouth and the belief of your heart. That doesn't mean you have faith, but that's how faith comes. Because I confess the word doesn't mean I have faith, but that's how faith comes, through the confession of the word and the belief of my heart. And when faith arrives, you're going to know. Then when faith arrives in your heart, then you're going to be able to take authority over that situation. But you can't take authority over something just by confessing it, the word of God. It has to be a working knowledge on the inside. Yeah, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to be working on. Look what he said. Since you have heard about Jesus and learned the truth that comes from him. Next verse. Uh Uh-oh. Throw off your old sinful nature, your former way of life, see, which is corrupt by lust and deception. That old deception, that old nature is the thought life. It's telling you, throw it off. Huh? Yeah. Throw it off. Your former way of life, which is corrupt by lust and deception. That's the reason why believers who don't fellowship in church, don't fellowship with the believers on a regular basis, I'm telling you the enemy will isolate you and put you in a room somewhere else and you begin to start hanging out with this group of people that, well, I know they're not saved, but I just love that. I just, you know, I just like to have a good time. Uh Uh-uh, what you're doing, they, they are perverting your heart. 
to walk totally indifferent from the life that you have in you. Doesn't mean you're not saved. But if you had to be convicted for evidence, there will not be enough evidence in your life to be convicted that you are a believer. Did y'all understand what I just said? Yeah. The evidence is how we live. Okay? As far, you know, as, as, far as you know, your relatives, your neighbors, you know, to see it. Glory to God. So what are you going to do? Throw off your old sinful nature and your old former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Next first case. Instead, <clears throat> let the spirit renew your thought and attitude. When this word spirit, it, not, it doesn't mean the Holy Spirit. What it's just trying to say is, is that <clears throat> it's like having, um, when I used to play ball in high school, we had, we had, uh, well, Zach played, but they used to have on a, what they used to have? Pep rally. Y'all remember that? The pep rallies? <clears throat> and in those pep rallies, you know, what they were doing, cheering you on, getting you ready, and, and what? There was a spirit in there that was full of joy, a spirit in there was filled with victory, right? That, well, that's what this is by. That's what this is saying right here. That's what this is like. Instead, let the spirit renew your thought and attitude. That means let that new life that's inside of you renew what? Your thoughts. Attitude. Hmm? Now, it is the Spirit of God that's in you, but that's what this is saying. Notice this. Next verse, Casey. And notice this. Put on your new nature. That's what I'm saying. Like these clothes covering my neck. That's what he means right here. Put on your new nature. How are you going to put it on? Through your, go, back to, go back, Casey, to uh, the proverb. He said, renew your thoughts. An attitude, that means you're, you're going to be thinking like him. The attitude, your attitude is going to be like Christ. Put, go back to the, next, go to the next verse again. Notice what it said. So put on your new nature. So what are you putting on? New attitude. Right? That's what you're putting on. Can y'all see it? You're renewing your mind so that you can put on this new life, this new attitude that, is, that you have in Christ. And that takes every day of our life to do that. We never get to the place that we arrive, right? Never get to the place where we arrive. Okay, we're almost done. Five minutes. So notice this. Next verse, Casey. <clears throat> Stop telling lies. Oh, I ain't no believer. Believers tell lies. <laughs> And let us tell our neighbors the truth. Amen. All right. Now, watch this. Okay, Casey, now go back over here to Ephesians. Let's stay over there just for a moment. Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to close with this. And look here at verse 17. We always talk about this prayer in the book of Ephesians. 
chapter 1, chapter 3, and in Colossians chapter 1. Paul is saying, I'm asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom. See? Now notice this. Insight so you might grow in your knowledge of him. Where you, so it's not my spirit that needs to grow knowledge. It's my soul. My soul is a makeup of my imagination. It's part of my conscience. That's what's growing in the knowledge of God. See what he said? I'm asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you may grow in your knowledge of God. You have to desire it. That's why y'all are here tonight. That's why those who are listening on Facebook, you have to desire it. Okay? Next verse. I pray that your hearts, this is so much your soul, will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. That word hope right there is a posit- it is also the positive impulse to your imagination. That he knows that the confident that he's given to those he called. His holy people who are rich and glorious inheritors. So he said, I pray that your heart be what? Filled or flooded with light. So for what? So that you can understand. Flooded with light me if in the natural, you know, if we're in a dark, dark place or whatnot, and someone had a big light, it's flooded so that what we can see where we're going. Right? Well, in the spirit, that's what this is talking about. You have to have the Holy Spirit to give you light of God's word so that you notice it, so that you are, notice what it said. Go back to verse uh, 17. So that you may what? So that you might grow in your knowledge of God. You need the light. The light will be understanding. The light will be discernment. You need that light for discernment. Okay? All right? Verse 19, uh, Casey. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in heavenly realm. This is what you have not been born again of. That same power that raised him out of the grave is that same power that lives on the inside of you and I. But your soul has to be taught. Your imagination has to have words spoken that it can give you an image so that you can start living life, walking in a, walking in a way that, that is projected towards God. You're not just going to do it automatic. You have to put on Christ. Huh? You have to put on this attitude. Right? And finally, verse 21. Now he is far above any ruler, 
authority, all power, all leader, or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. That's why you should never, that's why we highly esteem God. We highly value God. Why? Because Jesus conquered everything that was wrong, went wrong through the first Adam. So there's no fear for us of anything. Something may happen. We may get assaulted. We may get attacked. But guess what? When we look to our God, when we look to our Redeemer, then we have a guarantee that I will walk out of that thing like it never happened. Hmm? And like the three Hebrew boys say, oh, he will deliver, and if he don't, we still won't bow. Right? Because my destiny is already set. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. All right, Casey, give me this last two verses. God put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him the head over all things for the benefit of the church. That's why you can't be denied. That's why you got to renew your mind. Did you understand that verse? God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him the head over all things for the benefit of you and I. You're not supposed to live sick. You're not supposed to live weak. You're not supposed to live in pain. You're not supposed to live broke. You're not supposed to live disgusted, oppressed, depressed, full of stress. Huh? No. And finally, and the church is his body. It is the full and complete. It is full and complete. By Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. So that means if you're not taking time to fill yourself with him, then guess what? Then we're going to struggle in where we are. Amen? Did you learn anything? That's all we have for you tonight. That's all we can give to you for right now. My time is up.